Arcaporia. Welcome to Yeah, But the podcast. I'm Vivian Gabor, and it may not have been forever for you since listening, but it's been forever for me since recording. So I'm happy to be back. And I'm so excited to have uh, this week's guest on because I haven't really gotten to spend that much time with her. So this is going to be a fun little kiki. Uh, everyone, please welcome to the podcast, Bella Noche. Hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure completely. Um, I also love, just quick observation that means nothing to the listeners, <laughs> I love that we both have mermaids on our walls in the exact same place behind us. <laughs> I mean, like, and this is, I was just like, again, we've been like kind of in the same circle a while and we've interacted, but never really, as you said, kikied. So it's just like, this is just like universal things coming together. I'm here for it. Right? Absolutely. Only my mermaid is like evil siren. She's going to rip your arms off. And yours is like pretty aerial. Like, oh, just because she's pretty doesn't mean she's not evil. Like, look at this one behind me. See those lashes? No, Mm. she's hiding things. She's hiding things. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? Oh, you know, I'm good. I'm, oh, you I'm know, good. it's a it's a holiday today, and I was still working, girl. Like, and but one of the members of the gym or came up to me like literally five a.m. right as we opened, came up and he's like, "Just so you know, around six o'clock, there's going to be a delivery for you guys." I was like, "I don't know what that means, but okay." Six o'clock rolls around, right? <laughs> six o'clock rolls around and a bunch of donuts and coffee from duncan like to a gym yep for all the trainers and i was like okay happy holidays <laughs> it what was gym lovely do you work at? what gym do you work at um i'm not sponsored but i work at crunch <laughs> oh my gosh so um the last gym that i actually uh actively participated in that's the term we're going to use uh-huh. um was crunch and i literally didn't go for anything other than their classes i really liked oh, the, classes the, the crunch great. classes like i was doing like that was the first place i ever did like the kangoo boot classes and i was obsessed Ooh, like oh yeah it was me, my straight guy friend, and the rest of the class was all girls. And my friend, I call him my straight boyfriend because he's like the gay straight guy I know. And they literally made us like catwalk in the kangaroo booth. <laughs> and we were the best, and we were the best ones in the class. It was hysterical. I loved it. I love that. We also have pole classes, which makes I, me very happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, which is, I am not a gym person. I forced myself all in my like 20s to like go to the gym. I felt like as a New York City gay, you just have to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, <laughs> I was tired. I was just like, oh, I just, I self-motivate so much that there's none left for the gym. So as soon as anything starts hurting and I'm in control, I stop. But the classes, they like, push you and they're like no do this mm-hmm. and it was like okay i can do it because it's like a challenge but um they actually have like really fun classes i remember they had like this whole for a bit of a, like an x-men movie was coming out and they had this whole like 
X-Men themed like aerobics class with all these like different stations mm-hmm. that were after different X-Men. So I, I get into that stuff. That's how oh, you yeah. like, they, I was tricked into working out. That's how I have to work out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and a lot of the, a lot of the like cycling classes are themed. So like if there's a holiday coming up, it'll be themed like that. There are Disney rides. There I did for pride. I did, I did, I, I did a whole like share class. And it uh-huh. was like, a whole, like pride, like share, uh, like, uh, not elliptical, uh, uh, a spin class. It was like a share mm. spin class, and literally the email came with like a little animated like share on. on a bike. <laughs> it was hysterical, and I was like, "We're going to that." Um, oh yeah, but oh yeah, it's great. I work for them for uh, a reason. I love them. We like crunch. We like crunch. Of the gyms, you picked a good one. Mm, thanks. I tried. I used to go to Blink, and I will shit talk Blink till the day I die because it was not great. Same I mean, with New York sports clubs. Like, they're I mean, Planet <laughs> Fitness isn't very much better. That's true, but at least Planet Fitness, you're only paying like ten bucks a month. At right. New York and Sports Clubs, you're paying like two hundred a month. <laughs> once a week, they serve pizza, so I was just like, "All right, you get points." Exactly. <laughs> See, <laughs> priorities. Correct. <laughs> now the the true question is, what is your favorite pizza topping? It's not pineapple because that's uh, immoral in my opinion. Uh, oh no! <laughs> I don't. I don't. <sighs> I've had I've had this conversation with multiple people and like I have friends <laughs> like ascribe to the pineapple pizza. I'm I'm not that. My actual favorite pizza is like stuffed crust pizza with like extra cheese. I'm like I'm like a, I'm like a wow. I really don't need. But if I were to do like an actual topping topping, um, either bacon or mushroom. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's balanced. Like one's like a vegetable, yeah. the other is like. A little like you know, <laughs> we're gonna it's have the vegetable of meat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am I am a pineapple ascriber on people in pizza, but um, I don't just do pineapple and ham. Like that's that's not enough for me because then that's still too sweet on top of the pizza. Um, but what I like to do is I like to add um, banana peppers on there too, like the oh, pepperoncinis. Peppers, peppers so, absolutely belong on pizza. Because so then you get then you get the sweet and you get a little salty from the ham, and then you get that like vinegar from the peppers, and it's it evens it out. It's really why. Good. Why do you need sweet pizza? That's like that's not that's not the category. Because if like- things are <laughs> too salty, then it's not fun. I've always but, been but like that. I've you know, it's always just too been salty like that. that absolutely needs pineapple. Like, and if your pizza's too salty, you need to go somewhere else. Like, <laughs> I've always been that person that, like, after eating like a really savory, delicious dinner, I'm like, okay, I need a little sugar to cut that. Or like, if I have something too sugary, I have to all go right, and eat so something she's slightly doing, she's salty. She's getting all three courses in one slice. That's what we're doing. Okay, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And I mean, it already has fruit that, on like, it. Tomatoes are fruit. It's like logically broken down. Why that works. Mm-hmm. Like it's not for it's just efficiency, efficiency of the meal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay. You're the first person where I can actually be like, all right, I can guess, I can understand from that. Person. <laughs> <laughs> and the words, the famous words of Garfield: "Life is uncertain. Eat dessert first. And hey, I'm here for that. I just don't necessarily need it on my pizza. <laughs> Okay, but also uh, New York style pizza or Chicago style pizza? Bro, I'm a native New Yorker. I just went to Chicago and like someone asked me, someone uh, told me, like, have a slice of deep dish pizza for me. And I was like, that's not pizza. That is a pie. Pizza pie and just 
pie with pizza ingredients, not the same thing. <laughs> so I I appreciate it for what it is. I've had deep dish. I think that there are a lot of good ones. They should not call it pizza. Interesting. Interesting. I'm very, I'm very opinionated when it comes to pizza. <laughs> I mean, as as all true native New Yorkers are. Oh, well, right. That's the thing. I grew up with like pizza, pizza. Anytime yeah. anyone tries to mess with that, like like actual what what I've grown up to know pizza is because I'm not the be all end off when it comes to pizza. But the pizza I like, I like like pizza, pizza. That's fair. I think I I need to know what it's actually considered in terms of the pizza world because you have New York pizza, which is like the thin crust, the like big slice that you fold in half and eat. You have the Chicago style that's like super deep dish. You almost have to eat it with a knife and fork. Mm-hmm. Usually do anyway. Um, you have the Detroit style, which is the Chicago style, but with the sauce and cheese on top of them. It's mm-hmm. mixed up order. I don't understand that one. But then, and then you have people up- who put pineapple on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> but what I don't know how to classify is growing up, we used to go to Papa Murphy's all the time, which there are kind of Papa Murphy's in New York, but it's not really a thing. I was just about to ask. Um, I'm not familiar. <laughs> Papa Murphy's Take and Bake. Uh, they they made the pizza, but they didn't cook it. You would take it home and cook it at home. So you could like put it in the fridge, so like, like get it in the... So it's like DiGiorno. Kind of, yeah. But they would make it at the store. So it was fresher than DiGiorno. So but fresh- they had a pizza <laughs> that they called deep dish. But it it was like, there was, it was, ba- it was literally a pie. So it had a crust on the bottom. It had all the, like tons of toppings and fillings a second crust and then toppings on top of that. And that was my favorite thing in the world. I mean, not for nothing, that does sound delicious. So what I'm hearing is there's New York style (laughs) pizza and a bunch of lies that come afterward. (laughs) 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 Cause again, not to say that those things aren't good, like I've never tried that like multi lit. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it sounds like a, like a triple decker. Like almost like honestly, it's basically two slices of New York style pizza on top of each other. <laughs> I mean, again, we're going for efficiency, right? Like, <laughs> really, what I'm just doing is outing myself as a fat kid from day one. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, not for nothing. I grew up the fat kid. Like, I still have the emotional scars to prove it. So <laughs> you have you're talking to the right girl here. So no, I just I'm I'm very much and like also I have the the argument of like especially like true like Italian New Yorkers that do that where they're just like Pizza Hut is not pizza, and I was like, Pizza Hut is damn delicious. Yeah. So like, there's it really depends. And on Pizza the- Hut always encouraged reading because they had their oh, like the book it. things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, your little personal pan for your little sticker stars. Oh, that was like my favorite. I love it. Kids nowadays will never understand they the joy of getting stickers on your little book it pin, walking around with that pin, feeling so cool because you read five Superior, picture books. In fact. <laughs> in fact, you were literate and well-fed. It was great. Uh, Absolutely. Just made the pan pizza everyone's favorite. Truly, that was the style that we didn't talk about is pan pizzas. That's that's where it's at. No, that, that pizza, pan pizza is literally like pizza crack. Like it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, 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 uh, yeah, there's a reason why I haven't had pizza in a while. And I actually live, like, I have a pizza got like three blocks away from me. And the first day I moved oh in, we were walking around, we saw the pizza and I was like, oh, that could be a problem. Oh, uh, no, I, I could <laughs> not. I 
I live next to a Burger King, and that's temptation enough. I could not live next to a Pizza Hut. Bro, and I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of fast food. I just, you know, I try to mitigate, but. When like, when like my other weakness for fast food is Taco Bell, when the Mexican pizza came back, mm. I think I had like five in three days. It was bad. I forgot the Mexican pizza came back. I haven't had and Taco now it's Bell not permanently. I haven't had Taco Bell since February of 2021. Um, and I know I exactly what it was. Stronger than I am, I'll say that. <laughs> well, it's because uh the last time I ate Taco Bell was the last time I had a gallbladder attack, and the gallbladder attack was so bad I had to go to the hospital because I like basically was dying and had to have my gallbladder taken out. So now I have kind of like bad connotations I associated with Taco like you, Bell. You literally <laughs> turned into an enchirito. Like literally. <laughs> oh honey, you wanted a Mexican pizza. I am the Mexican pizza. <laughs> I'm dead. Uh no, but luckily I'm not either. So <laughs> Or else sometimes we might feel like it, but then we wake up and everything's okay. <laughs> oh, God. I joke constantly with my coworkers about how I wish it was possible to just go to a hospital, check in uh, like it was a hotel, and say, hey, I just want to be put in a medically induced coma for three months. Thank you. Thank and you. Just, and just, like, go and, like, live on an IV drip, get three months of, like, sweet, solid rest and then wake up and hopefully the world hasn't ended. <laughs> well, and that that only works if you have the platinum level of health insurance. Other than that, you'll be yeah, exactly to come out of that coma. Exactly. I mean, I'd almost at this point be willing to go bankrupt out of that coma. <laughs> I just need some sleep, people. No, just it's give like, me it's some like sleep. your apartment is just like, it's like you sign in for the coma with the option to wake up, you know? like. <laughs> <laughs> and if for some reason I don't wake up when you try to wake me up, just leave me. <laughs> just, just let it happen. Sign yeah. that do not resuscitate. Looks, just let it happen. So turns into it turns into idiocracy too we're just oh wake God. up 200 years later and now i'm the smartest person somehow now that's then a horror movie. reading uh, there was no more book it everyone stopped reading exactly see we need pizza hut pizza hut helps society again a, a, a worthwhile and necessary service in our literacy community exactly wait so you're a native new yorker did you grow up on long island uh no so i actually grew up in astoria queens which <gasps> is why this weekend was so much fun for me um so yeah i grew up in astoria queens i went to long island city high school like yeah that's that's what this i was i'm a queens boy go figure that's so cool i honestly okay this is gonna be weird i feel like astoria is the perfect place to raise a family um, because it's close enough to the city that you can like be in New York, but it's also like has much more of a suburbs feel and it's much quieter oh, and like for sure. And I will even but I never like, see children. Um, <laughs> there were I, eh, and so this is the thing. First of all, Astoria is so different now than me growing up. Astoria used to be a lot more industrial. It used to be hmm. it used to be not as um, how do I put this gently Caucasian. Uh, <laughs> um, and even like I've I still have one of my best friends who I've known for forever. She lives in Astoria, and so I like go over and stay over her house and stuff like that. And it's just it's different. Like Ditmar's Boulevard, I went and had 
dinner with my parents like at, on Dittmar's, I, I want to say like a month ago. And it, it was, it felt like a circus. Like people were walking around handing out like light up balloons. There were all these like carts and things. And I was just like, when did this turn into a carnival? Like, yeah. so it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely changed. And I, one of the reasons I like a story is because it's so, you know, diverse with so many different things and not just like with ethnicities, but with like ages and families or couples or single people and food and it's easily accessible. There's so much transportation available, whether it be like buses or trains or things like that. So it, it is a good place. It's just now it's like really expensive to like, yeah. Try getting a studio in an apartment for under like eighteen hundred a month. Like, I mean, happen. I'm very lucky, and I'm in one bedroom of a two bedroom, and it's twelve hundred a month just for me. So, like, yeah, he, that's, it's, that's it's, a lucky price. <laughs> you know, I mean, like Astoria was like what happened to Astoria also happened to like Bushwick. You know, mm. like it's just it became the it was first a haven, and a lot of people go. Uh, go. <laughs> I'm speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people went. And, you know, it was it was interesting because at the same time that diversity and building stuff up is great for the neighborhood, for sure. Mm -hmm. But it, it changes a lot, you know, especially when it comes to price point. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I actually was walking down Dittmar's the other day and it very much when I first moved to New York, I moved to Flatbush. Um, I've lived because I didn't know. A little bit. I. Mm -hmm. I didn't know New York at all. Um, and I just kind of took so whatever apartment. Right to <laughs> well, I, did, I took the apartment that I could afford and right. it was 800 no, a month. I, I took it and then I get there and I'm like sitting there, like about to unload my U-Haul and I'm sitting on the curb waiting for my new roommate to get there to let me into the apartment. And I look around the neighborhood and I'm like, oh no, I'm the only white person. Yep. I made a bad choice not in like not in like I shouldn't I shouldn't have moved here because I'm white but like in a oh no I'm the gentrifier kind of a way and, it, and, and it's funny <laughs> because that's kind of what happened with Astoria and like mm -hmm. you know I mean there's there's pros and cons to everything but uh it's it is it as someone who grew up in New York and not just uh Queens uh most of my family is uh from Brooklyn like Bensonhurst but Brooklyn specifically mm -hmm. um so just growing up in the city and literally seeing it change over the years has been like a crazy so like how long have you been here I've been here since August 13 2018 okay okay so she's yep. You got it. You got it right before it got extra hard to get him. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Literally. Well, and I also I spent some time in London there as well. But like, I I don't know how to count it because I from what I've gleaned from people around me is I moved right as like there was a, a recent shift in New York attitude and a recent shift in New York culture and I moved like right in the middle of that shift. So I didn't really feel it. Um, and then I also, of course, moved here right before lockdown happened. So I don't know if I should really count lockdown as me <laughs> being I in mean, New York because if you, were, it, if you were in New York City during lockdown and you survived, yes, that definitely counts. <laughs> like <laughs> I will say Times Square during lockdown was amazing. Like oh, getting to walk through remember, Times Square. I remember Ooh. the first time coming. So at that during pandemic, I had moved out to Long Island already. And I remember the first time coming in to like Penn Station and walking out on 34th Street when stuff was still like technically closed and things like that. 
I felt like I was in a zombie movie. Yeah. Like, just stuff like quiet, boarded up. I was just like, I, I was just like, I was ready to get like a bat with like nails on it. Like it was just. Yeah, it, it was insane. Weird. It was crazy. And again, I'm so used to that hustle and bustle. And like, I've been taking the subway since I was like seven, you know? So it was just, we also, the number one thing that I found was the most weird about New York City with them um, cleaning the subway cars every day. Right? It's like, I would walk in and I was just like, smells like a Band-Aid in here. Like, <laughs> so, Although yeah. my favorite part was they were they were cleaning the cars and then they were cleaning some, they were saying they were cleaning all of the stations, but really they were just cleaning the stations that tourists would end up using. Um, Cause I flew into, uh, I flew into JFK when I came back from London and there's whatever the subway station is right there. Um, like not the air tram station, but the oh, actual Jamaica, like, subway yeah, yeah. station. Yeah. The air train. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that station was definitely not clean. <laughs> I was like, Oh, you can tell New York doesn't care about this part. And it's, it's so, it's so interesting because like, again, growing up here and then starting to travel and doing everything, especially like, Everyone else's transit system is cleaner than ours. Everyone. Absolutely. Everyone. We're also, um, well, now we are again, but like we were the only one that was like 24 hours, you know, everywhere else where the transit like shuts down at a, at a certain time. So like, I know that that was a hurdle, but come on, girl, really? Yeah. Um, it was I mean, to be was- fair, London's is very, very clean and it's oh, very lovely it. and yeah, it always runs on time. It's actually a lot of fun to take. I love it. But the only way they can do that is they close for five five or six hours every night. And the only reason they can do that is because the bus system actually runs on time and correctly. Don't get me started on New York City buses. <laughs> so, <laughs> no way New York could do that because no, I remember the only buses now. I willingly take are like the select buses where you buy, buy yeah. a ticket fans and they're just like express stops so i used to live yeah. in east Harlem, um between second and third avenue and i had friends in astoria and i would take that bus literally right on second avenue across the bridge and get off in that first stop by the train and that was like the mm-hmm. extent of like how i was comfortable taking the bus i don't like New York. oh yeah i hate the bus i so always bad. Hate bus. i grew up in seattle and the buses there were even grosser just because the buses in seattle are covered in upholstery like who thought of that why would you I, want so upholstered seats on something that millions Seattle, of people sit I on? I don't, I don't think I've taken the buses in Seattle. Don't I do, do I do like Seattle. <laughs> I think Seattle's a cool town. Um, but no, the upholstered, really? Yeah. That thing's absurd. And the closest what? we've ever gotten to like a subway system or something that it works continuously without being on the roads is there's the bus tunnels in Seattle. Um, it's very weird. Like the the buses like start on the street and then they go underground for a while. It's I don't like it. Well, it's funny. I I just came back um two weekends ago from Chicago, and it was the first time that I took um the Chicago like train like outside of the city. And so mm. when I flew in, they have their kind of like air train kind of thing, but it leads into an actual line. And when I tell you, we were like in the tunnel, whatever. We came out. The train was on the expressway on the expressway like when i tell oh you God. like you're driving down like either like grand central or the the lie or something like that mm-hmm. literal train tracks in the middle of the expressway causing the yep. setup just like who's driving this thing where that's are we? it was that's what was- the that's what the train from capitol hill in seattle to uh the airport or actually i guess it starts at 
Oh no, I'm I've been away for too long. I don't remember. Westgate Center. <laughs> Starts at Westgate Center the and then fading. goes all the way <laughs> goes all the way to the airport. But yeah, it's like it'll be like four lane highways on either side and then the train is right in the middle. So you're just like if you sit facing forward on the train, you see cars going opposite well, directions no, listen, super I'm, fast I'm, past I'm you as you're moving. I'm a- yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a window seat person, whether it be like a train, a plane or anything. Like that. I'm always by the window. And so when that train came out of the tunnel and I was suddenly like on the expressway surrounded by cars, I was just like, what? Like it was, it was, it was, it was an adjustment. I was just like, OK, no, 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 no. This isn't a mistake. They planned it this way for some reason. OK, mm-hmm. cool. Well, it's because New York was the only city that was planned with trains in mind. Right. All of the rest of us were like, well, I guess. Oh, we that's a good train. idea. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there are parts of Seattle that they built over the freeway, so the freeway can't expand anymore. So, like, you'll go down from, like, an eight-lane freeway down to three lanes to go underneath that, and then it opens back up on the other side, and it's the worst traffic ever. Don't get me started on city planning. (laughs) Right. Thank thank you, city planning committee. Well done. (laughs) Good good idea. I'm so proud of you for so oh. happy that you're here. <laughs> <laughs> what is the biggest change that you've seen happen uh, in New York during your lifetime? Like, what's the what's the change that really sticks out in your head the most? Um, honestly, um, pre nine eleven versus post nine eleven. Mm. Um, I was I was in seventh grade when 9-11 happened. Um, I went to school right at the foot of the 59th Street Bridge in Astoria. And like when it happened, like you could see like the Twin Towers like smoking. Oh, my God. The classroom I was in. And I just I, like life in New York City completely changed after that. Like there were so many things that were just like passable and stuff like it, especially when it came to like the airports. Oh, my gosh. Um, so it was, it was a huge shift and I was, I was still young, but I noticed like the Mm -hmm. changes and not just in like, you know, how people looked at each other, the, the level of the police activity that came after that was like huge. And I think that was a catalyst for a lot of the law enforcement issues that New York city is still somewhat dealing with. Um, but no, that there was a, a, there was no going back to the old New York after that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I I feel like I didn't know a lot about New York growing up um, other than Broadway because, you know, (laughs) gay. Um, (laughs) But my family came and visited in 2003 um, because my sister did Meadowmount, which is a, a music camp, an orchestra camp up in the Adirondacks, I think. Um, and she was, so she was there for eight weeks in the summer and then my family came over and picked her up and then did some touristy stuff up there and then came down to the city. Um, and it was such a weird experience for me because I mean, growing up in Seattle, sure there's the Seattle freeze, but you grow up there. So you're like, you're used to it and you kind of like people seemed really personable. Um, and then I got to New York and there was, it was nothing. There was no emotion on anyone's face at all, ever at any time. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know how to deal with this. It's different now. I will say living here now, people are very much more personable. And if you need help finding something and you you yeah. stop someone, they will and help you. 
And I've but always 2003. Oof, it was rough. <laughs> oh, and it, it, so interesting because I've I've traveled uh, a lot outside of New York now, even when I was younger. And you know they they pick up on the New York City accent because I say coffee the way I say coffee, and you know <laughs> and you know they it's interesting how New Yorkers get such an automatic rap for being like mean and assholes don't ask for help we don't want to help you in fact we're gonna steal your wallet rather than help you you know and I I don't think that that's true at all like mm-hmm. yes i definitely think that because there's just a sheer amount of people and the variables of people and interaction you can have are endless so yeah like be like aware and you know like look out and keep your eyes and ears open but i feel like we get such a bad rap for just being like assholes for no reason and it's just like no if a new yorker is an asshole we have a reason like yeah <laughs> you the know the only but- time i'm an asshole on the street is when it's very clearly a tourist and they stop in the middle of a crowded sidewalk and you have to try to maneuver around them and i'm like this is a sidewalk not a standing place well and, <laughs> and, and, and i'm glad you brought that up because i feel like that's <laughs> the reason why and now that you know that because it's like the only people that really annoy us are the tourists that don't know how to walk. And so then these tourists go back home saying that, oh, New Yorkers are assholes. Like, no, you were in our fucking way with a selfie stick. Move. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think truly that's what it is, is that New York is the people of New York have a point for being here. And when we are not in our apartments, because very few of us live in houses, mm-hmm. when we're not in our apartments, there's a reason we're not in our apartment and we want to get to the next building as quickly as possible because we don't want to be outside. <laughs> like when I tell you that like me walking down the street, like by myself with headphones on, those aren't people. I am in like an obstacle course and just like yep. dodging and doing, they're just like little things for me to like get around or in front of or around. Yeah. Like that's just, that's just how we operate. So it's not that it's not that New Yorkers are cold or mean. It's that it's we have a purpose. You do. We have things yep. to do get out of and our way we're probably late because the mta sucks so Correct. please get out so of the already, way like, already like i should have i should have left 30 minutes earlier and then the train messes up was already in a mood and then the last thing we need is someone slowing us down even more and we're just like move so yep. yeah yeah the the constant just oof. Well, and also that New York City or is when so a tourist cool. keeps holding the like subway car door open and you're like why are you doing this? I one of my favorite stories I've ever I've ever witnessed, I witnessed <laughs> in person. I was so happy. We were on a train, and there's obviously like a tourist who was way above, uh, like ahead of their group, to the fact that they were still coming down the stairs and they're holding the door for their entire group to get on the train. And like people are like, let go of the door, let go of the door, and they wouldn't. This guy got up and he was the 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 tourist was like facing outwards to like see the group he like kicked his butt and like pushed him out of the train with his foot and then the doors closed and everyone in the train applauded (laughs) it was amazing because he just did what all of us wanted to do it's like the train is already running 10 minutes behind i'm already running 30 minutes behind because the tourists on the street were keeping me back that means you're holding up all the trains behind us so you're you're creating this this time continuum that is not and then eventually there's going to be an end that goes past that i need to be on that's not going to stop because it's running late and then it's going to run express for literally no reason and fuck you. Yeah, literally that, though. <laughs> literally that. It's like you are causing the entire city to be late because you want to hold a door open? Get out of here. Nope, nope. Kicked yep. out of the train. Expelled. Yep. 
I will say I also have gotten to the point where I have tuned out the voices that come over the loudspeakers on the subways, uh, which is usually very great because there are some of the newbies that are like, we'll talk from one stop all the way to the next one. It's like, we don't need all of these announcements. No one cares. Mm-hmm. Uh, you clearly, this is your first week on the job. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> but it's like then there are the times where the... let's calm down. Like Exactly. <laughs> well, and then there are the times where it actually matters and you're so used to tuning it out that you don't hear it. Um, like the other day, the W press for 20 stops and you're just like, well, the W just randomly turned into the Q the other day. And so I'm just sitting on the train doing my thing. And then I look up and I'm at 63rd street. I'm like, why the fuck am I above 59th? (laughs) What is happening? I don't want to be here. Like jump off the train. And I'm like, what is happening? And then I look up and it's like, oh yeah, the W is running on the Q. So I had to walk back to 59th because I know and it's funny because the MTA I've been been taking the subway for years and I'm the person where I like I have headphones and like a book everything Mm -hmm. about me whether I'm standing or sitting says don't talk to me and you would be I'm still astounded how many people like oh hey and I'm just like this is literally subway sign of do not talk to me there are plenty of other people in this car why me i don't know if it's my face i don't know if it's whatever but i think it's because we're gay and gay people are safe because we're more scared of them than they are of us (laughs) for yourself girl i'm not i'm like um can i help you like (laughs) my least favorite thing is when you're sitting you you happen to be uh not paying attention when you sit down and you sit down right in front of the map and so people will lean right over you to They're read like, the map. Uh-huh. And it's like, excuse me, there is still a pandemic going right. on. Like, we may still be on the train. Face. And it's just like. There's a reason you have a cell phone that has a Maps app. Use it. Correct. <laughs> also, all the stops are now illuminated on top of the car. Look at that. Like. Literally. God damn it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> hashtag New Yorker problems. Everyone everyone listening is like, okay, I'm done. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Well, now the listeners know, like, if you come to New York, this is what not to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, um, go to the actual dollar pizza places, not the places that are, like, $5 for a slice. It's not worth it for the $5 it's slice. Not. I, I, to this day, I cannot, uh, I've lost count on how many dollar pizzas slices I've had. And they're some of the best pizza I've had, yeah. like, in New York randomly. Absolutely. Especially because you're usually drunk when you're eating them oh yeah at some point it's just like a last ditch i need this or something bad is gonna happen like (laughs) also uh when you come and visit new york uh if you have to have your times square picture go into times square just to take the picture and then avoid it at all costs because it's you will not be able to walk (laughs) i got over my times square thing very early on also times square was very different when i was growing up like they didn't have that Mm. cool little pedestrian walkway like at any point you were in times square you could have gotten hit by a car easily um i mean it should still be that way (laughs) i'm not suggesting i agree with the new way i'm just letting y'all know it's it's times square has gone from uh, horrible to worse so and like even now like i'm a huge like disney person you know and like the only disney store in new york city is in times square and i won't even go to times square for that anymore yeah i mean that's completely fair the thing that boggles my mind is in times square there as part of the like beautification of new york which is just like okay (laughs) get over yourself um they put these like giant like x-shaped pink 
reclining chair things in the middle of Times Square. Oh, yeah. I'm... And people love to sit on those. And I'm like, do you realize You're about to get how many people have diseases. peed on that? You're literally about to get three communicable diseases. And it's just yeah. like a grab bag. Um, Don't do that. Absolutely. Don't. Do don't ew. And then I would say, like, the number one tourist thing to not do in New York City, do not do Times Square for New Year's Eve. Don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Don't, do, mm, I've, I'm a lifelong New Yorker. And I was just like, that doesn't look fun to me. And also, you have to show up at like seven in the morning. You are there all day. You cannot yep. move or you lose your spot. It's also freezing. And also, you cannot re- remove yourself to go to the bathroom. Like, I just don't yep. understand. You're there just to what? Watch a little glowy ball drop? Like, you get the best view on TV. And if you really, really want to do it, splurge and get a hotel room overlooking Times Square. That I've done. Or that figure out a way to be the one of the extras that gets to be in the like VIP area that right. they like figure, they hire you to not, look cute. Not be the sheep corralled in. <laughs> it's like watching like no, it's just no, no, don't do it. No. Yeah, don't do it. Don't it's don't not it. worth don't it. Don't do it. If you really actually my my biggest tip is if you really want to see Times Square and you want that picture and you want the like feeling of being there under the lights, go at like 3 a.m. 1.30. Yeah, 1.30 a.m., 3 a.m. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Not only the lights, the brightest, there's not a lot of people you can get the spot you want. Yep. If you want that Times Square between like 1 and 3, 30 a.m., yeah. that's the time to go to Times Square. Absolutely. Because it's. It's between when all of the restaurants and shows are done, mm-hmm. um, but not, but like before the bars close. Cause Correct. you want the bars to still be open. So the people will be in the bars, mm-hmm. but like late enough that everyone else has gone to bed. Correct. So that's when you go into Times Square and there are like 10 people there and you can get those really great pictures. You mm-hmm. can like, you'll be the only the one on those little on red you. bleachers. You'll be the only one on those little red bleachers. Like, as yeah. long as they're not crime scene off. From you <laughs> well also are they are they filming svu there i don't know i just <laughs> or at one point it was glee was always up there so like you know it's i've also gotten over the like uh seeing the filming trailers um because i work in union square so like okay. they're Ooh, that's another constantly filming when you do that oh yeah Oh, yeah. If you're going to go to Times Square, go for the farmer's market on Monday, Wednesday and Friday, like late morning into early afternoon. That's the best time. Yeah, well, I used I used to really, really like um like the holiday shops that they have there in Union Square around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. I used to like them. Emphasis on used to now there. It's a, it's it's a, it's a shit show carnival. Like, did you go last year, though? Absolutely not. <laughs> so last year. It was very interesting because I have tried to go in the past and it's been really awful. This last year, they like started setting up like a month early and created like a really good pathway. All of the like, they basically turned it into a Christmas village and it was all like wooden stalls and like it was beautifully laid out. It very much felt like a London Christmas village. It felt like that rather than the like 
weird art fair farmers markets that happen in New York most of the time. So it was very well planned out. It was really okay. lovely. I walked well, through it to, again, almost I, every day. I really liked it. Also, you can find some like really cool, like unique gifts there. Yeah. Well, so I, I really maybe I'll, maybe I'll I'll, I'll you should I'll, give it another I'll, try I'll, if they do it. Yeah, yeah. Union Square. I really like Union Square. I, mm -hmm. I, I used to hang out in Union Square all the time. That huge Barnes and Noble up on 16th. I would like be there mm -hmm. all the time. Um, so I do like Union Square. And so it really I really is the best part of New York, in my opinion. And I'm a little biased because I work there. But if you're going to be in Manhattan, the like 10th Avenue to like 20th is really the kind of best place right in the center is really the best place that Flatiron Union Square area it is, no, it is really because nice. it's really beautiful. There are lots of fun shops to go into lots of good restaurants. Yeah. How did this turn into a tourist podcast? I mean, or I think we're just like we're just like helping people at this point because people just need to know. At this point, we're just trying to remind ourselves that there are some good things about this there city. Good. And honestly, <laughs> my, my true favorite part about Manhattan is Central Park. I love Central mm. Park. Um, I went to I went to college at Hunter College on the Upper East Side, and even like I remember like an orientation there because it's not like a campus college; it's in the middle of the city. Even though there's multiple buildings and just like, you know, your campus is Central Park. And I took that very mm. seriously. So I would go there, I would study, I would go there and chill, I would go there and smoke weed. Like it was just that was I I and so I doing that, I like learned Central Park. So I actually loved yeah. Central Park. I will absolutely Central Park, I'm fine with. I love it. Absolutely. If you're going to go though, I I always tell people to go above 65th or so, 66th. Just because that's yeah. where all the tourists kind of stop right. yeah, and it's just a park. Don't enter through Columbus Circle. I know it's tempting. Mm -hmm. Don't enter the Columbus Circle or that Fifth Avenue side because that's like, it's too much. Yeah, so you have to go up a yeah. little higher because that's where they have like the really cool gardens. That's where they have mm -hmm. a lot of like the, they have the castle that's up there. So like yep. Belvedere Castle, that she used to be at all the time. Um, so if yeah. you're a Beatles yeah. fan, that's where the Imagine Memorial is and Strawberry mm -hmm. Fields is yeah, about yeah, 10 blocks Fields. up. So yes, yeah. uh, higher up Central Park. It's, mwah, love it. Yeah. Well, that was our segment on New York City. Uh, <laughs> our one hour long tourist uh, tourist guide on how to be a, a good tourist in New York City. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Um, steering away from New York City. Um, so you grew up here. What was what was your growing up like? Uh, were you like did you come out and come out early were you religious what was that about um so yeah I ironically I grew up in Astoria but I was raised in a very conservative Pentecostal Christian family oh wow um, I went to a Pentecostal Christian private school kindergarten through eighth grade um so oh yes girl oh yes <laughs> <laughs> I still I still know all 66 books of the Bible from front to back because it won't leave. Oh, me like, too. It, it, me it, too. No, it's like we would, we would get quizzed on it. We would have competition. Like it was it was that. So honestly, my childhood and growing up in New York City was really kind of conservative. And I didn't get to experience like New York City until I went to high school. It was the first time I ever went to public school. Mm. Um, and I remember walking in and you know, I'm just like, oh, my God, is this is what real life is like? Like, <laughs> So it wasn't until high school that I really started venturing out and discovering things, going to the city, my, one of my first times in like Times Square, Central Park, things like that. Um, so I had a, I had a, an interesting uh, New York City upbringing, but I, I still, it's it's my home. And I, I do love the city, despite all of its uh, eccentricities. Mm. Um, did you, 
when did you come out? <clears throat> um, so t- I came out when I was. 19. Or did you have to? <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I did. In fact, I was kind of outed. Um, Ooh. and I was outed at like 19. Um, I got kicked out of my house. Um, and so I've kind of been on my own since 19 in New York City. And that's when the real New York City relationship started. Cause it was like, I suddenly had to grow up very fast. And, you know, thankfully I had a decent support system and I had enough, you know, will and intelligence to survive and mm-hmm. put myself through college, started, you know, the whole rent track and things like that. So, um, but I will say that New York City, despite it being like big and sometimes intimidating, there are so many cool like resources and meeting so many different people. And there's it was it was the I caught up on a lot of the learning that I didn't get to do um, in my parents house because I was so sheltered um, solely just by like being out and that observation meeting random people you know and and hearing about stuff so new york city if you let it is a great teacher she's a rough teacher sometimes but yes sometimes 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 she'll give you an a and sometimes she busts out the rule and is like you've been naughty (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't trade me um growing up in new york city for anything Mm. Yeah, I I cannot imagine because of any place in the world. Yeah, of any I had to think about that for a second. It was like in any place in the Western world, let's let's say that way uh, to to raise a child. I think New York City is probably my last choice. (laughs) Well, and and it's understandably so, you know, I I grew up watching movies with like people growing up in houses with picket fences and on cul-de-sacs and everyone has a car and so that and like I could not really relate to this day I still never lived in an actual house I've only lived in apartments my entire Mm -hmm. life you know and so when I started traveling and you know whether it be dating a guy who wasn't from here and I would go down like I had a I had a I had a little stint in my 20s where I was like dating southern guys that like we're in New I mean, York. I understand. Because, I got it. But it was just I was fascinated because they were so different from me, mm-hmm. and their upbringings were so different, and the way they the way they lived was so different. And so I I I, I pose myself on differences. Like if 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 I'm too similar to somebody, it's like we can do it, but I'm not like intrigued. It's like I know it. So when I meet mm-hmm. someone that's super different than me, I'm like, tell me more. You know, like, <laughs> I, I I find that I find it fascinating, and to the extent where I actually do find it attractive. Um, and I remember my first time going down to the South, my first place in the South, because I go down to Florida, but that's that's a totally different. That story. doesn't count. It's a different. That is, thing. that is not the South. That is Florida. Florida is its own category. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I remember <clears throat> the first experience I ever went to the South was in Louisiana. And the first place we stopped was this guy I was dating and his uh, mom lived there. It was in Prairieville, Louisiana. Oh, my and, God. Um, and it was absolute culture shock. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was, I was like, what? Like just the thing. I remember my first time seeing a drive through daiquiri place and I was just like, wait, but what? Uh, mm. 
because it was like you could go and get alcoholic daiquiris through a drive through And I was like, isn't that counterintuitive? And so then the mom was driving and she was just like, oh, no, no, I'm down here. Unless the straw pierces the top, it's not an open container. And I was like, OK, so we have our drinks there, whatever. She uh, pulls on the driveway. We get the thing. She takes out her cup, opens the lid, goes and then puts the lid back down and puts it out. I was like, where am I? <laughs> oh my God. That gives me so much anxiety. Oh like, my God. The so much anxiety. Of- it, was, it was, again, just absolute culture shock. It was at the same time, it was crazy. I also kind of loved it because I was like, I would have never in a million years thought that this was like common practice in real life. So uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, there's so many different, and then now that I've traveled a lot of the country, I, there's so many different places and people that live. And it's like, as 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 frustrated as I get sometimes with like the political climate and us not, you know, moving together as a country, it's like, we're so different. Like, it's also not surprising why we can't agree on mm-hmm. things because the differences are incalculable. And then yeah. also, you know, especially down there, you know, everyone's like tradition, genealogy, like we're just doing the same thing for like, lots of generations and it's like a lot harder to break out of that versus like someone who lives in new york where they experience different people and new things every day that challenges what they think and what they believe and things like that so it's a lot easier to be more fluid but yeah it's it's uh i enjoy the differences but sometimes they're a little crazy (laughs) oh yeah I uh when I moved here I road tripped across the country and I mean I've talked about that on the podcast because it was me and Gina and we drove across and oh my gosh uh, I think we have an we actually have a whole episode about it but um yeah that was what really struck me because I started the the road trip by going to places that I really knew really well Mm -hmm. um so I started in Seattle went across into Montana um down through wyoming which i didn't know well and i tried not to stop in wyoming because you know reputation um it was a little terrifying but then uh drove straight through to denver and i'd already been in denver and it's very liberal so i kind of knew what to expect there it was great i loved it i've I've been to colorado colorado's it's 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 kind of a mixed bag Mm -hmm. but um i will say one of like the most beautiful places absolutely like um i went to um the garden of the gods where all like the canyons and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and i was just like this is real like this is real again grew up in new york city i'm not exposed to like a lot of nature you know and so like walking through it it just felt surreal and i was like people grow up like this i remember we pulled into like a walmart and we went in and we came out and there's just like mountains and i was like and but but rightfully so those people if they walk into a store and they saw skyscrapers that would blow their mind you know but that's what i'm used to so it was just it but it was absolutely beautiful yeah it's why we need to get our our honestly as many people as possible to travel especially throughout the country i feel like I've learned so much more traveling than school ever taught me, literally. And I mean, I this is obviously me talking from a place of privilege. I've gotten to travel a lot, and I know it's very expensive. So I, I get that it's not viable option for a lot of people. But I think a lot of climate change issues would be solved very quickly if people could go and see nature 
Because it's easy wow. to be like, I don't care what's <laughs> happening to the forest if you've never seen a forest. And I remember, like, I, I very much like California too. I've been multiple times. I have friends who live there and have lived there and I would go visit. And I remember the first time I went where like the forest fires were going on and you can like mm. see the haze like in LA. And it's just like, oh shit, that's from like, currently burning it's fire even, it's like even more intense when so i went to grad school in missoula montana and we had to drive through the the one of the passes lolo pass is a lot more um kind of a backwoods pass than the other way you can get there um but we were coming from my grandparents house so it's just easier to get that way and we had to wait an extra couple of days because lolo pass was on fire um and they finally it got under control and we drove through it and just seeing acres and hundreds of acres just smoldering and black and like like that yeah still coming up and little fires here and there but they're letting cars go through it was insane to me it was like driving through a movie yeah yeah literally i remember um also one of my louisiana trips because i went down there a lot also i love new orleans new orleans is one of my favorite towns oh, someday um, i'll get there oh it's my gosh place. it's so much it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun but um one of the things so uh my ex's mom had a boyfriend who had like this party barge that he would take out onto the lake and by lake um it was basically like a swamp um and we stayed in an RV resort, which was basically a lot of parking spaces uh, around a pool and a rec room. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was the first time I had done like a crawfish boil. It was the first time I had shotgun beer. Um, I I was the designated driver for the golf cart that because everyone has a golf Love cart that. that you would get around the yep. thing. And it was, it was at the same time that it was crazy. It was just like, cool. So like we were on the lake and we're on like a jet ski and I'm like, you know, driving and stuff like that and going around. And it felt like I was in like a movie. And then there are these houses that you can only get to by lake and my houses, they're like shacks. Mm-hmm. And like every other house is like flying a Confederate flag. And I was like, where am I? And I remember it was like, where have you taken me? Do you know what they do to us down here? Like, <laughs> um, so like again, maybe not my place. Maybe not. Yeah. Right. But it was just, it was, and it was surreal. I felt like I was, it was in a movie. Like those mm-hmm. only things I saw on TV. Yeah. The, the only time I've gotten to be on the other side of that was I was a counselor for a camp one summer or a few summers, but the specific summer, um the camp would do like a week in one city drive to the next one a week that city drive to the next one and we were doing the west coast tour um but it started in oklahoma um i'm not gonna remember the name of the city it doesn't matter it's oklahoma sorry oklahoma but your (laughs) cities are not that big um it was some private christian school in oklahoma anyway Uh, But most of the people that were on the tour with me, I was the only Pacific Northwest person. Everyone else was from, honestly, everyone else was either from Texas or California on that tour. Um, So the Californians kind of understood what mountains were, uh, but none of the Texans understood what a mountain really, like what it felt like to be in the mountains. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was one morning when we were when we first left Oklahoma we stopped in Kansas overnight 
Uh, we got there. It was very dark. I couldn't see like what Kansas really looked like. And then I woke up in the morning and opened the curtains in the hotel and it was just fields. Wow. As far as the eye could see, there was no horizon. It just kept going. That's um, the, Nebraska, and it, Nebraska's like that. Nebraska, it, like it's just terrified flat. me. It's just flat. There was one time I was I was uh, with a guy in Nebraska and we were driving, and he was we looked down the horizon. And he was like, "See that water tower down there?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he was just like, "Time how long it takes us to get there?" And we were driving towards that water tower for like forty minutes, like, and it was just you just flat. You can just just see. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it I like almost had a panic attack because growing up in Seattle, I was used to being surrounded by mountains. So like that feeling of not having something holding me in mm-hmm. terrified me. Right? Like, and yeah. no one on the tour understood it because I was the only person that grew up like that. And they were all just like, you're so weird. Why are you having a panic attack? And then we we did a camp in Oregon, but it was like Central Oregon. And so we're driving up, you drive past, past Mount Shasta and that's the first like big mountain. And they were all like, wow, that's a big mountain. I was like, just you wait. And we cross the border into Washington and you start to see the cascades. And then we got to Seattle. They were like starting to like, be like, oh my God, this is so cool. We get to Seattle, get out of the car. I'm like, okay, look over there. That's the Olympics. Look over there. That's the cascades. Look up there. That's Canada. We are surrounded on all sides by mountains. Now do you get why Kansas scared me? And they were like, <laughs> oh my God, I get it. See, and that's, again, traveling, sometimes you you need to be there to really like understand or at least yeah. understand better that perspective for sure. Like there was a reason why as terrible people they were, the explorers that first went into Louisiana Purchase and crossed all the way across <clears throat> Lewis and Clark, mm-hmm. uh, all the way across slowly killing the indigenous peoples as they went um and got to the pacific ocean there was a reason why they were so in awe of it when they saw it because the pacific ocean looks so incredibly different from the atlantic Mm -hmm. and it just has a completely different aura the landscape is completely different the beaches are different yep um and I can only imagine like it's it's those moments like opening that curtain in that hotel room where I'm like, oh, now I kind of get why those explorers explored because they wanted that feeling of, oh, my God, I don't know where I am right now. Right. Very that. Very that. And it's an important feeling to have. We should all have that feeling. We should all have the feeling of safely being lost <laughs> yeah, well, I, that 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 wanderlust that like you just mm. want to like see things you haven't seen before i very much have that that's why i love traveling so much but i think that yeah. it's, it's a healthy thing to experience for sure yeah and i again i say this is from a place of uh i know it's from a place of, of a lot of privilege that i've gotten to travel i've gotten to go to hawaii i've gotten to go to south america i've gotten to go to europe and in the uk and um but there are even, even for a New Yorker, just truly all you have to do is get on a train and go out to Montauk and you have some of the most beautiful Literally. beaches. It's all so, you have to do is so... get on a train and go upstate. And the Hudson River Valley is one of the most beautiful places yeah, I've ever absolutely. seen. Absolutely, And it's funny because um, I've been in Long Island for like four years now. 
And like growing up, like the way Long Island was talked about, it was like this distant, faraway place that was so hard to get to and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, now I'm in Hicksville and I can be in Penn Station in half an hour if I want, you know? Like, and so even that perspective of some were literally like attached, like I grew up in Queens, Long Island is like attached to Queens, you know, just even just taking the train out, you know, half an hour to mm-hmm. somewhere like out on the island it's so different you realize it's like oh it's honestly not that far away you know like mm-hmm. it's it would take it would take me longer to go from like downtown brooklyn to uptown manhattan than like where i am to penn station yep absolutely oh my god it took yeah. me an hour and a half to get from flatbush to times square and it takes 40 minutes to get from penn station to I don't know, great neck. Like, <laughs> hey, yeah, it, it's it's kind of crazy. And just, I think that's also, you know, kind of growing up in New York, there's so much there. So, like, the outside is just even upstate. You, you, mm-hmm. New York was act like upstate is another country. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it takes it's half true. an hour to get to Sleepy Hollow. Only yeah, half an hour. It, it, I just like, it's not that hard. Way, the way that New York is conditioned, it's just mm-hmm. like the epicenter of not just the country, but sometimes people think like the world. And yeah. so everything outside is so far, so way to get to. Why would you go there? Everything's here. And it's just like, it's not that far. Like you can literally do a day trip up to Poughkeepsie and back. Like, yeah. Well, and I, I constantly point out to my friends who are from this part of the country, like, they're constantly saying things like, oh, I just need to go up to Connecticut. And I'm like, that's two states away. To me, that would be like a 12-hour drive because the states where I'm from are gigantic. Right. But Not- here, yeah. it's like an hour drive to get yeah, to literally you, From the city to Connecticut, you're <laughs> like an hour and 20 minutes. It's, it's really yeah. far. Like you can get to Boston, you can get to Salem, you can get to Philadelphia, you can get to mm-hmm. Hartford, like... All of these places so incredibly quickly and easily. And yet that that is my one thing that I will say is is the folly of New Yorkers is they think that it takes so long to get and do anything else other than be in the city. I know. I completely agree with you. I completely. It's such a it's such a. I don't know why this word is coming to mind. It's such a boon to this part of the world that you can like be so close to so many different places mm-hmm. um like you could go to vermont as a day, day trip yeah literally strangely i feel like it's easier to get to, right there <laughs> right i feel like i feel like it's easier to get to other states than it is to even like fire island sometimes but um <laughs> fire island isn't a trip it is a journey um a journey. i say that living in long island now like it's still a journey it's the craziest, like, it's a bus to a train to another bus to a ferry. And it's just like, why? It when you get have to there, you're that. like trapped. You only have one way off that island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I missed the ferry. I guess I'm sleeping on the beach. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, the next season of American Horror Story is American Horror Story, New York City. The whole thing is probably just going to be a journey from Manhattan to Fire to Island. Fire Island. That's the entire season. <laughs> One one day's worth of travel to Fire Island. The horror story is when you get there and you realize you're trapped, missing yeah. the last ferry. That's <laughs> that's the season finale. We missed the ferry and it fades to black. Like <laughs> no, and then they go to the ice palace and all die. But right. <laughs> well, isn't that what usually happens there? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, that's that's what I've heard. I have yet to make that journey, but I've not gone to 
go at least once to like experience yeah. it. It's it's cute. It's cute for what it is. I'm I'm more of the I'm I'm like a P town person. Like I I I very much like especially. I need like, to get there too. Uh, The, the Fire Island gays are like the circuit queens. The P-Town gays are the like. That's why I like <laughs> There's There's just so much more to experience there. And mm. there's. three options in each place you mm -hmm. know whereas like p-town there's a whole like strip of things but then you have the bay right there you can go out to like the the beach so you can walk through the dunes and get to the beach and there's all these type of shows and also during the day it's actually pretty like diverse and family friendly it's at like when the sun goes down that's when it turns into like the gay hamlet um but it is kind of nice to feel like you're not trapped it's like you know? it's like the opposite of a sundown town Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, I like P Town a lot. I I'm, I can't wait to go back. I need to get out there sometime, mm. sometime very soon. I kind of want to go in the off season just because uh, Ryan Murphy made it look like such a terrible place in the off season, and I really want to go just to see it in the off season. <laughs> don't take those little pills. Uh don't take the little black pills. Don't do it. <laughs> um. Well. I, I think I'm going to have to have you on another time because there are so many more things I want to talk to you about. I would love but that to. was over an hour. So I think we're going to let our listeners take a little break and I will have you back very, very, very soon. Yes. Thank you for um, having me for Bella Noche part one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where can everyone find you online? Uh, you can find me online uh, at Bella Noche NYC on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, I also have a uh, free OnlyFans um, at that's also Bella Noche NYC. Um, and it's not, it's not, it's not the typical type of OnlyFans. I do a lot of like drag behind the scenes stuff. Um, I've uploaded some makeup tutorials. Um, and you know, because it's OnlyFans, sure, there's some fun stuff there, but that's the stuff you got to pay for. Uh <laughs> I mean, it's the it's the sexy little fin slips. <laughs> you know, oh, fin slip. I consider that stolen. Uh <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, but no, I'm I'm. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to do brunch with you on Sun on Saturday. Yes, this is. I'm going to put this out on Wednesday just because uh, I've been terrible about posting things. So I'm gonna like spam my uh, timeline with with podcasts. Um, so to those of you listening to it before October fifteenth, twenty twenty two, please come to the Cornerstone Tavern. Uh, seatings at noon show is one ish uh, to see me and Bella Noche performing. I'm so um, excited. It's gonna be 
so much fun and of course we'll post all about it on our socials oh, absolutely, as well absolutely but like this was actually like really fun like again because you said we haven't had the like kiki and it was just like oh shit we've been talking for over an hour uh literally <laughs> we're definitely gonna have to do a part two very soon i'm i'm so here for it i'm so here but again thank you so much for having me this was this of was great course. i can't wait to tear it up with you on saturday <laughs> it's gonna be amazing and if y'all miss it that's your fault uh or time's fault, you know? You might be listening to this three years in the future, and if the world hasn't right. ended, congratulations to you. Right, and if you are uh, listening to the future, our brunch was lit. Uh <laughs> it was the best. It was, it was so good. to the gills. We made hundreds of dollars in tips. It was amazing. All right, well, yeah. thank you again, and we will talk to you all later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, thank you for listening to Yeah, But with Vivian Gabor. Tune in next week, same place, same time. Yeah.